You are listening to the JCN Clinic Podcast. The JCN Clinic Podcast is a place where nutritionalists Jessica Cox and Carissa Mason get real about nutrition and living a healthy life. They share with you their passion and their clinical knowledge for a fun, no BS approach to looking after yourself. Please enjoy today's episode and don't forget to subscribe and iTunes. Hello and welcome to the JCN Clinic podcast show. I'm Jessica. I'm Carissa. We are bringing to you some Q&As again. Um, We have selected some of your really most popular topics that you've been hitting us up with via socials. So this should be a goodie. Um, A lot of them are very specifically more food related. um, And again, something we get hit up a lot about and often don't uh, bring to the show. So I think these will be really um, quite topical. Can I just say, it's been a hot minute between podcasts, hasn't it? Like it has. I think it's been a month. I think it's been a month. So yeah. sorry for all you avid listeners that I know are just chewing at the bit to hear our voices. <laughs> been inundated on socials with people asking me questions when the next podcast is coming. <laughs> Not. <laughs> yeah, I, I threw things from, I went up there to Brisbane, which was the week that we would usually record. And, and um, I think I was literally flying back on the Friday. Mm. So that kind of stuffed the, that one up. And the fortnight before that, we had a can't be fucked fortnight, remember? We were both did we? Just it hasn't a, been that yeah. long. Well, no, you did a podcast with Lani, I think. That, oh, and then, yeah, so yeah, that, yeah, thank God right. we had that as a backup because I yep. was like, had heaps of stuff on on the Friday morning. And I think I was, I was umming and ahhing whether or not to message you and be just like, Jess, I just don't have the brain bandwidth to do a podcast. <laughs> That's right. And, and then you messaged me and I was like, yes, you read my mind. <laughs> so yeah, hot minute, guys. <laughs> well, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know this is very us. We, um, <laughs> we always have the intentions of doing them Best nice and regularly. But, you know, it's one of those things that unfortunately gets pushed because of clinic um, and other factors, but often clinic and commitments. So we have, as I said, three topics today. And the first one we want to talk about is fats or healthy fats. So when we last asked you what you'd like us to talk about, there was lots of questions around fats, whether we should be consistently eating them, uh, what that would look like in a day or just in general as far as how much to be consuming. And then there was also uh, a common question about coconut oil, which um, comes up a lot, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Who asked that? No, sorry. (laughs) I feel like we've answered this so many times. So I guess to start with, with fats in general and when people talk about good fats versus even bad fats, uh, I think, again, if you've listened a lot, you'll know that Carissa and I are really careful with the language of good versus bad to start with. Mm-hmm. Um, when people generally use, I think, the term good fats, we tend to think about that as the fats that are beneficial for us. Um, but I think feel like there is also a little bit of misconception even in this space because to break it down further with fats we've got polyunsaturated fats monounsaturated fats and saturated fats which are our sort of main not sort of they are (laughs) our three (laughs) our three fats and fats over (laughs) 
Fats overall are a macronutrient. So, you know, we're always talking to you about macronutrients and how we're looking to include our three macronutrients in your diet. And fats are really crucial, very, very crucial macronutrient. Essentially, if you didn't eat fat, you would die. So (laughs) that's important (laughs) to consider. (laughs) Bring you the fun facts on a Friday, folks. Eat fat or die. Oh, that's great. No, um, no fear around food or anything. Actually, for context, if Damien's around and he can hear me, he'll love this because I, I heard it on a podcast as well that I was listening to and I'd thought of him because I was like, oh, my God, they're talking about the same thing. There's this ridiculous show that he's obsessed with. It was either Naked and Afraid or it's another one of those like – it's one of those wilderness shows where you go out and they dump you in the middle of nowhere and you've just got to survive. He loves that stuff. Oh, my God. Anyway. That's like my dream holiday. <laughs> He's obsessed. So there was apparently an episode where a guy um, got into a lot of trouble because he actually did catch and kill this animal. I feel like it's called – I don't know if you can hear me. You could yell out to me. It starts with K. I want to say it's a car- caribou. I'm so sorry, people. You probably know what I'm talking about. Anyway, it's some it's some animal, but it's very lean. I'm going to compare it to maybe a kangaroo. But essentially, he, he had this whole animal, but it was so lean. It was just pure protein. And he's like trying to survive over these weeks just of pure protein. But there was no fat in it. And he got into a lot of trouble. Like he actually had to just pull the pin because there was no fat in this meat. Whereas there was another show where the guy was using the animal, but then using the brain and the organ meats. And particularly with the brain, he was like, I've got to eat this. This is where the fats are, which Chris is making this big grimace face. I've eaten lamb brain and it's bloody delicious when I'm it's just like, like deep no, fried. I'm not, but... even, I'm not even stressing about the eating the brain itself. I'm in my sick warped mind. I'm going through what you physically have to do to get to the brain. Like you're in that much of survival uh, mode that you've yeah, trapped yeah. and killed this animal. You've skinned it. You've taken the you know the the meaty bits. But to get to the brain, you have to physically crack the fucking skull. Oh yeah, so, that's you know, the like, whole point of these shows, yeah, right? I know. What, what and I'm just do? Like, yeah, <laughs> just like that's what I'm screwing my face up. And I'm like, oh my god. And then you're eating it probably raw because can they make fires? Yeah, yeah, they okay. can. So yeah, they, yeah, no, no, they like, can. Yeah, they yeah. have. They usually can take an. Oh, I can't believe I know this. They can take like something with them, and often they'll take like a flint or something to something, make yeah. fire. But yeah, I mean, they have to. Otherwise, they'll they'll also they'll die. Just, like they've got yeah. to make their fire so they can boil their water. water. Otherwise, they end up with like Dysentery. gastro, and that always wipes them out. But um, this is it's like the extreme so, version of um, like I remember when I was in army cadets and I did um. Oh, DV like Duke of Edinburgh. I don't even know if they have that stuff anymore at schools, but I did. And that we, as army, when we were army cadets, um, that's what they do. They kind of group a bunch of you up, dump you in the middle of Morton Island, and you had, say, two days to get to a checkpoint, sort of a thing. Oh. And same, but we didn't have to obviously catch, kill, and de brain our own animals. <laughs> like, you take fake mashed potato, <laughs> you know, tin fake. Deb. <laughs> Deb, yeah. Oh my god, Deb. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And you'd have your little brilliant stuff and you'd have your little lean too. But yeah, that was really fun, but I don't like to do it anyway. Totally off topic, guys. <laughs> well, uh, my my whole roundabout story is to show the importance of fat <laughs> and that you die without it. 
<laughs> or you don't last on these TV shows. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he so would have gone into what, like a crazy state of like just full on ketosis for a while and then just what? Like just when what happened to him? I'm just interested. Well, I didn't watch the show, yeah, so okay. I, but I imagine he just got, he was like, I imagine energy wise, just oh, his whole body fried. would have started shutting down. Well, he so would have just started eating itself and then nothing. He just would have yeah. started shutting down organ wise. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. But it does highlight how important fats are. Like, I think, I don't think people are as fat phobic anymore. Like, it's a bit of a hangover from the 80s. We see it with some of our older clients that are a bit funny about fat. But I think now it's more about, um, yeah, what is good fat and what isn't good fat. And when someone's asking, should we be consistently eating them? Like, yeah, definitely every day should be including good quality fats. Mm. And, um, generally selecting from those three areas that we talked about, I think still there's a misconception that saturated fat is bad, but saturated fat is definitely not bad. It's just about using those beautiful sources. I think saturated fat is lumped often in the same bag as like that. Yeah. Yeah. And those sort Mm. of processed foods as well, which is ironic. Like people think about that as saturated fat, but usually it's actually more so not the saturated fat. It's those more volatile polyunsaturated oils like your veggie oils and so forth that have been um, fried and just mass produced. They're mass produced stable. And, they're oxidized. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. it. And they're actually more um, likely to convert and become these trans fats, which has nothing to do with saturated fat. Do you know what I mean? Like I think people mm, think 100%. saturated fat bad, like, yeah. which is often not the case. So yeah. Do you want to give some examples or shall we shall we give some examples together of even when we mention these three groups mm. and we're wanting people to have a variety of these good fats, so polys, monos <laughs> and saturated? I'm, I'm just going to say food, foods and you can tell me if they're polys or monos oh. I can't remember this shit. Correcta. <laughs> you know, so okay, funny. You t- I was saying to someone yesterday about stuff that you learn in your degree that you can't you don't remember when you're practicing unless you go back. And this, I feel like, is one of those things for me is where the fuck. All right, well, let's make, it, let's make it into a, like, a little A, B or C or maybe a yes or no quiz. Okay. So I'm going to throw a few at me and you can tell me which one it is. Oh, God. Okay, I guess so... I'm going to get them all wrong. This is going to be <laughs> <Okay>. fucking great. <laughs> so coconut oil. Saturated. Yay. Yay, that's the only one I know. Olive oil. Polly. Mono? Yes. <laughs> Cold pressed flaxseed oil. Boy. Yes. That's such a guess. <laughs> next one, next uh, one, next one. There you go. Two out of three success rate. <laughs> so actually, let's call it there because it's two out of three. So I still look yeah, semi smart yeah, exactly. to our listeners. <laughs> What's worth pointing out, though, is that all fats, when we just name a few there, they're thought of as like a saturated or a mono or a poly because that's what they're more dominant in. But they actually all will have a bit of everything. So, yeah, yeah, um, it's really, if you look at olive oil. Poly just mean many fat and (laughs) mono mean one fat. (laughs) (laughs) So usually poly fats are generally a lot of your like seeds um some of your your nuts will sort of fall into that 
your monos, generally the big one is your olive oil, but there are some fats that are a little bit heavier in monos. And then your saturated is, as you said, your coconut oil is like a big one up there. Butter is probably another yeah. one. So sort of dairy fats. They're the yep. ones that turn solid, solid at room when temp. you put them in the fridge. Oh, fridge it's a good way to think about them. Or like if you think of olive oil, if you put it in a fridge, it actually turns solid um, or goes quite, it's hard to get back out of the like bottle. Cloudy. But if you put flaxseed oil in the fridge it's not going to go solid so that's a, yeah. a nice way to think about it that's a good but way all to think of about them it. all of them bring their own qualities to the table the ones that we want you to generally avoid is more the trans fats so that's where we get these fats that will essentially oxidize and become um, quite toxic essentially um, and there's a lot of literature and a lot of studies around how detrimental trans fats are it's actually been looked at as being um, sort of, I'm saying quotation marks, sort of banned from like adding them to food. But mm. the thing is that you can still get trans fats occurring by how you treat some of these oils. So if we were to like talk about the, the processed foods that you might buy um, or like having these sort of um, plant-based oils like a Oh, say like a, a flaxseed oil or a grapeseed oil or something like that, and we don't treat them correctly or they're not good quality sources, they're more likely to create trans fats themselves. So I think that's where maybe there's a little bit of confusion. Yeah, but, and what and I was just going to say what Jess means by treat them correctly is yes. how they're handled from coming from their original source. So let's just use flax for an example, like the you know extraction of the oil, the packaging, um, transportation, storage, and then mm. utilization is what just means by the treatment of the oil there. Cause there's so much in that space when it comes to oils, that is so important in how that oil behaves by the time you ingest it. And then what that does biochemically in your body. So exactly. And then yeah. even how it's like, as you said, right back to being processed, like you can look at say flaxseed oil, like from that seed to how they've extracted to the oil, or extracted the oil I should say is super important which is why we often talk about cold pressed because we want the oil to be extracted through a cold press so it's not being it's essentially it's not being heated because the heat will really do damage to these more volatile oils Um, so cold pressed and then kept correctly versus ones that have just been treated with heat um and you'll see that often in the price, like flaxseed oil. Yeah. There's a flaxseed oil you can buy at a hardware store to like put on oh, your table. Timber. I'm just pointing out to the table. Like we'll like Damien will get flaxseed oil and do that table every yeah. now and again. Like that's cheap, crappy flaxseed oil, linseed oil. Yeah. Whereas I can go to the health food store and buy flaxseed oil, which costs a lot more. It's cold yeah. pressed and it's that sort of quality extraction. And it, I would say the same for some of these seed oils like even grape seed, avocado, walnut oils, which people like seed oils are bad. It's like, well, no, if you source good quality cold pressed yeah. and like you would see it in the price as opposed to your two bucks off the shelf at the supermarket versus $15 mm. in a in a alternate s- store, yeah. um, that's, that's what I like to teach and educate clients to go yeah. for when they're looking for these oils and the and the thing is too like the probably the easiest way to for people just to remember this is <clears throat> heat and light 
are an oil's worst friend, if that makes yeah. sense. And it really just, it just depends on the constituent and the type of the oil, how much heat and light it can stand before it becomes mm -hmm. volatile and oxidized. So let's just use classic canola oil or vegetable oil that sits in the two liter bottles, two liter clear bottles on your supermarket shelf, costs fuck all to buy, you can chuck it in your deep fryer. That has been mass produced at um, high speed, so high attempts to mm. get oil out as quickly as possible because these guys are not really worrying about quality, it's quantity that they want. Then it's put into a clear plastic bottle, so we won't even go down the plastic plastic band bandwagon but let's just talk about clear so it's exposed to light and it's whole transportation process from the warehouse onto a truck from the truck out to a warehouse and then sitting you know exposed to light in your supermarket shelves those oils are damaged and pretty much volatile nine times out of ten by the time you then put them into a deep fryer cook with or cook with them and reheat them so that's yeah. where trans fat and fat becomes a problem but what yeah like exactly what you were saying like the other thing like even just with um Fish oils, and I know we're probably going to get onto Amigas. Are we going to get onto Amigas just quickly? Well, we are now. Okay, fucking nice. Awesome. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it's just the difference in fish oils for people. Like, I'm such a stickler for people buying good quality fish oil for that exact reason. Like, yeah. good, you're, like don't buy, and I know we've said this in podcasts before, but we've, hopefully we've got some nice new listeners now so we can say it again. Don't buy the bucket of five... <laughs> hundred fish oils for fifteen dollars you know because they it's same it's the exact same thing like if you're going to be ingesting any type of oil whether it's in supplement form or food food grade form you don't want to be in, in you know um, eating oxidized oils because they create oxidative stress in the body they are inflammatory you want to be having anti-inflammatory oils in the body so fish oil is a really good example of just what you were saying like with your analogy like really good quality fish oil shouldn't stink no, <laughs> so much. exactly like it's gonna have yes it's a fishy smell because it's coming from fish but i just i explain to some of my clients who probably know the difference like i say the difference between a good quality fish oil and a just a, and a really cheap one is the difference between opening up a bottle of fish oil or cooking a beautiful piece of salmon where yes mm. it's got that fishy smell to it but it's not that offensive disgusting yes. As opposed to my dad who uses fisherline oil, which is just the most foul thing you can ever think of to look after his car. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's disgusting. It's like walking past a fucking dirty old trawler. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just this cheap, same with like the linseed oil, right? It's just this cheap yeah. mass produced fish oil that you can buy in your hardware store or buy in your marine store that is just really good for getting and looking after certain parts of motor vehicles and boats and things like that. But it yeah. smells disgusting. Disgusting. Like the cats in the neighborhood hang around. It's that bad. Like, no, anyway, so. Uh, well, there's, there's two other areas in this question. One is someone was asking about nuts and how much they should eat in a day. And I thought this sort of played into fats as far as how much in a day people should be consuming. Yeah, how much is too much? And mm. this is a really individual question. Like Agreed. it just really comes down to what your calorie intake needs to be for your day because fats are very calorie dense so we want people to eat a diversity of nuts and seeds in their diet they're beautiful for you there's lots of different minerals uh, so realistically it just comes down to what your overall goals are and it's it's quite hard for that reason for us to say you need to eat x amount of nuts i would say we do encourage generally clients to not eat them in excess because yeah. they aren't easy to digest so getting into the habit of eating handfuls and handfuls of nuts is an ideal um, but usually for most people 
having a handful of nuts as a snack or adding nuts or seeds to their breakfast, lunch and dinner um, is not going to be an issue. It's just really more purely a calorie for most people, I would Mm. say more about the calories you want to consume because if you're adding nuts and seeds to every meal and using them as a snack and using nut butters and so forth Mm. and then other fats in general, Mm. you will bump your calories up quite high. Quite significantly. And just for anyone who's like not really in the calorie space, like it's four to one, like protein and carbs. I like to just say like, let's just say one calorie for every one calorie of them, fats are are four times that. So, you know, just as a general math rule sort of a thing. That's right, isn't it? Four? Yeah, it's rough, roughly yeah, four I think times that's more. It. Ballpark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the other thing is too, like, I, I think we get asked this a lot too with the nuts and the seeds and then, and the tahinis and the peanut butters and all of that beautiful shit that is absolutely amazing. We love it, but it is still about the balance of the types of fats that you're having. And I will always true, true. chat to my clients and I know you do as well. I know Lex does and all the girls do, but... We really want our diets to be as omega-3 dominant as possible. So even within fats, we have our two dominant sort of areas, like your sixes and your nines, but your threes and your sixes. And most, I think most nuts, seeds, that sort of stuff are more usually six dominant with elements of omega-3s. And then you have your more omega-3 dominant things like your, you know, your, your oily fish, um, egg yolk, like good quality eggs, um, Flax. Is it flax. flax is a seed and walnuts. Flax. Yeah. And I think hemp is more omega-3 dominant as well. God, I have to look this up anyway. Yeah, I but, think it is. Yeah. But just knowing too that it is it is a bit about balance. Olive, olive oil, you want to be you want to be more in that, you know, omega-3 dominant space and use be a bit more liberal with that stuff if you can. Because by nature too, interestingly, those ones that are a bit more omega-3 dominant are the ones that are a little bit easier on the digestive system as well. So, which mm-hmm. I, I'd say to my clients, I'm like, yes, it's all about getting good fats in, but we want to be kind to our digestive system. We want to be more omega-3 dominant. So mm-hmm. with keeping in obviously like a calorie reference range, if that's what we're doing for people. Yeah, so, exactly. Now, the last thing, which wasn't a question, but I wanted to touch on because I think people <laughs> listening would just be wanting to know this in context of fats is well you talked about these fats and good fats but also mentioned bad fats like should I be eating them because I know a lot of people and we see this with our clients get really stressed then about like buying certain products off a supermarket shelf that may have some of these oils in them and we're really conscious of this and not wanting to create a space of where you feel like you have to be a hundred percent on point all the time and you feel like you can't mm-hmm. go out and enjoy a dirty burger occasionally or a pizza or whatever it is or some or, chips deep fried at your local fish and chip shop yeah yeah Just like we totally it. want to also be realistic yep. if you if you do consume some of these cheaper fats um not the best quality fats occasionally as part of a very whole food diet, you're going to be fine. You know, it's just don't. And of course there's caveats to this, depending on certain clients we might deal with, we might be stricter, but generally um, we don't want you to stress about it. If yeah, again, like Chris and I occasionally you want to go and eat your zucchini fries and your burger from grills. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's just life is still life. Um, And even, you know, plant-based milk, some of the ones that you buy, 
um, are going to have them in there. If you go out even and you just have like, bought, bought, bought coffees and stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, just say mm. to people the hummus. Like, people get really upset that, you know, a lot of, unless like you're, you're going to the health food store, you're making your own, a lot of the yeah, true, hummuses true. and the dips and things like that, they have maybe sunflower oil in them yeah. or like, I obviously try and avoid things, me personally, with canola oil because I just hate the taste of it in things. I think it's very overpowering and it wrecks the taste. But if I flip something over and the main ingredients are pretty damn good, but the oil they use is sunflower oil, I'm not that worried about it. And I say that to my clients as well. I'm like, if the difference between that is you buy yourself a, you know, a better quality hummus from the supermarket and you have that with some veggie sticks for a snack over you literally go and just have a coffee and don't eat or buy a, a cheap muffin or starve yeah. yourself have the have the hummus like yeah, there's nothing exactly. wrong with that like yeah yeah i just thought that was an important one to I cover i think it's very important very important so, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> that sort of flows nicely onto our second question which was about gluten-free breads in supermarkets and this is something we talk all the time with We were uh, sent a big email about this yesterday. Oh, all the time. We're <laughs> always on our nutritional treatment plans talking about different breads for different clients. And then we've got different states in Australia we need to consider. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like true. a whole thing as far yes, as what you can so get. But there's, there is very much questions around the general gluten-free bread you get in the supermarket. And look. Honestly, this kind of goes back to what we are just saying at the end of this sort of fat story. Mm. There's going to be different requirements for different people. And when we work with our clients with a lot of gut issues, we definitely are looking at more specific types of breads because of ingredients we want them to be avoiding. However, when it comes to the breads in the supermarket, they will generally, like your Helgers and your Abbott's, Abbott's. and your... Like even Coles has, I think, their own Genius. brand now. Genius. Yep, Genius. yep. That's Schwa? Schwa? Schwa. 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 Schwa's not in Coles and Lily. Schwa's a Isn't it? Planner. Oh, no. is it IGA? Oh, I feel IGA. Like I've seen it. They've got right. some of their bickies and cookies and stuff in oh, the bigger okay. They don't have their Vitality bread, though, because I get a lot of my clients to get that as a, if they just want to be able to get something from the supermarket. That's my go-to yep. supermarket one. But Flannery sell it, Harris Farm sell it, and IGA sell the Schwa. They do good pizza bases, FYI, anyone. Um <laughs> Yeah, but they're, they're probably more... your big, and then state to state you'll get a bit of variation. But the thing with these breads is they're going to be still they're gluten free, but they're made from a mix of different gluten free flours, but usually more refined. There mm, will be starchy. some different gums and binders in there. There will usually be one of those oils that we were just talking about. Um, and then there might be some added vitamins and minerals that they add in and um, that sort of side of things. Generally, they're dairy-free. A lot of them have egg white in them um, as a binder. And look, again, for the average person who really needs to be avoiding gluten and wants to have some bread in their diet as part of a whole food diet, they're not diabolically <laughs> horrible. Like, there's something that you can have. But I would just say, like, in reference back to the fats, if you are someone that consumes and really enjoys a lot of bread, like you're a you know bread twice a day person, then I personally think it would be worthwhile starting to think about looking at some other types of options mm. that may be a little bit more varied in what they're offering you or maybe whether you want to consider making things, of course, and that's not for everyone. But I just think there's a lot of like... Um, pushback on 
gluten-free breads in general that you can get from supermarket. And it, like you were saying before, it stops people from buying them completely and then they just end up not eating balanced meals, meals and yeah. limiting what they're eating in general and creating this fear about yep. food, like this kind of more, I you know, it's more extreme, but, you know, that almost orthorexic sort of mentality yeah. around I must only eat pure <laughs> I have something yes. to I have something to say on this for everyone listening as well at the moment that I just want to I just want to say <laughs> I'm just you just made me think because I'm having this conversation with so many people at the moment I've been meaning to jump on Instagram and just say this but I'll say it in the podcast anyway it is okay to not be a hundred percent with your diet and your food choices and your everything a hundred percent of the time like if you're go-to option at the moment is Abbott's Bakery bread from supermarket because you're that effing busy with work and kids and commitments, but you know you need to be gluten-free. That's okay. If you're so fucking busy at the moment with all of your commitments, and I'm not saying that in a bad way because people generally, genuinely are that busy at the moment. Mm. There's so much stuff going on that you need to order pre-made packaged meals, but you've made the best choice out of that pre-made packaged meal. I'm just going to close this these dogs are barking and you've gone and got like um hello fresh or you've gone and got um you know eat fit foods or um you've got a cafe that pre-makes beautiful curries with rice and you've done that so you can get through three weeks of healthy lunches that's okay like i feel like i've had so many chats with clients lately where they feel like they're apologizing to me yeah because this is the because this is the best they can do at the moment i'm like this is fine you're still prioritizing your health yes you're not cooking the food Mm. but fuck me you're busy it's fine yeah like yeah just give yourself permission to do your best (laughs) and be okay with that yeah exactly so i just had to have a rant about that because i've had that conversation (laughs) with so many people lately i'm like it's fine you're doing your best Yeah, nah, 100%. So I feel like, is there anything else about the bread specifically that you wanted to add? No, I think, yeah, no, there's the the store-bought ones we covered, then there's making your own. And then there's obviously the more, like, there's intermediate, more elite store-bought ones. Yeah, more artisan sort of style ones. Yeah, like, you know, I know you guys have got precinct down there. I feel like they've got a pretty clean range yeah, in so terms yum. so good we've got like i i know for all my clients up here like i direct everyone to nodo like yeah. <laughs> i'm like just order their really sourdough the best. but yeah i feel like they're the best brizzy's got to offer that i found and soul breads as well different type yeah. of bread but you know soul like they're probably more like your next level up before you make your own sort of a thing so it's just about finding where you are and yeah, yeah. exactly exactly so <sighs> Next question, which I really thought was a cool one. Sources of carbs that sit well with almost everyone. So (laughs) (laughs) do you want to take this one? Um, Far out. This is crazy because, again, it depends on the people and the guts, right? right? I'm going to say my standard carb that I feel, and I'm going to say with 80% of my clients, I feel Mm. like if I had to pick mostly buckwheat across the board sits well with Mm. i'm going to say the majority of people we treat would you agree yeah i am going to say for buckwheat though it's not as probably complex of a carb as i would like or need for some clients Mm. including myself i typically find rice sits well across the board in the right in the right portions for people Mm. and like sometimes white or white basmati but i do find most people do pretty well on on brown rice depending on if we're dealing with SIBO clients or not um sweet potato then maybe sweet potato and potato 
Mm. I'm just trying to think what else. Um, I don't really, I don't know. I don't really count quinoa as much of a carb. I know if we, <laughs> I do to a degree where I'm like, are you really a carb quinoa? Are you? <laughs> We're just masking as a carb when we call you a carb. <laughs> well, the thing is, like you said, that it's, it, this is a very individual question. Like I get what this person's wanting is asking and it's, it is an interesting one. We have such a huge amount of gut-sensitive clients where the type of carbs we utilise, particularly in the initial stages, is really specific. And there are some in that group that we see tend to be more tolerated than others. And, yeah, yeah the pseudo-grains we will tend to use a bit more, but they aren't as sort of starchy dominant as some of the other more well-known ones but that might be why we obviously lean towards them at the beginning mm. but I'm I'm with you I think buckwheat is right up there millet I'll see yeah. is generally well tolerated some people find they can't get their hands on it so that's a bit of a problem but um, and even teff but teff can be quite hard mm. for people to find um, but I find those sit better than quinoa for a lot of people quinoa is um, miss for people yeah, isn't it like i it feel really like is. if you react if you react to quinoa you really react to quinoa like yeah. i've had yeah. some clients where it's just a freaking hard out no way for this yeah yeah which is interesting yeah mm. and then most people i'm with you most people once you even once you've done a little bit of work on the gut and stuff to settle things down potato well tends to be pretty well received um, and then starting to look at, at the rice and where that sits. But a lot of that can come down to portions, um, mm. as you said, as you start trying to, to, to play with these. But really it's, it is very individualised and that's where it comes back to what your gut is doing and how well it's tolerating these different types of fibres yeah. and what the microbiome is doing. But, yeah, those, those pseudo-grains are probably some of our standouts at JCN that we tend to use in like a grain or a flour mm. or... Um, yeah, sort of like using it from a cooking point of view as well. Yeah, yeah. And then the very yeah. last question, um, I thought of you with this one with your concept of live food. Um, <laughs> pro are processed foods, or if processed foods are bad, inverted commas, um, they get that, but doesn't everything we cook end up processed? Therefore, obviously, they're in insinuating, is something that I cook becoming processed and therefore bad? Well, I think that's like, it depends A, on what you're cooking, but it also like, you know, like obviously it's just so hard because you would have to have this conversation about so many different food groups, exactly. right? Yeah. Like, you know, and again, people's different gut microbiome, but if we're just literally going from unprocessed to processed to a degree, then I'm probably going to say no, yeah. because I think if you're roasting veggies, you're not processing them. You're potentially, yes, altering their form, but sometimes to elicit a greater health benefit, like tomatoes are a great example of that. They're great in their raw form. They're better when they're cooked. When we're talking about like lysopene release and things like that, I think that's just a classic go-to. Um, yeah, but then obviously like there, you would be looking at, like let's just use, let's use maybe um, greens for an example, oxalates. Mm. Like if you have, if you're not someone who has oxalate issues, and you eat you can eat greens in their raw form you probably get more from an enzyme point of view and a nutrient point of view because obviously some nutrients are you know kind of um you know damaged in the cooking processes and all of that but you also take away a lot if you do cook them and let's just say in air quotes process them like but cook them break some of those compounds down you actually change the oxalate content of that food which is beneficial for someone so mm -hmm. i think it comes down to balance like and and yeah, and you know, and if we're talking about a whole food diet, I don't really think you could 
yes, you're changing it if you're cooking them, but I wouldn't say it then falls into the category of processed or bad, you yeah, know. 100%. And yeah. yeah, so. Yeah, I think this person's a little bit confused with exactly like you just said. Just because you cook something doesn't mean that it's processed. You're changing its structure. Where yeah. things in cooking where things can be problematic is actually to re relate right back to the first topic um, mm. is when you use certain types of oils in the cooking process that may become oxidized um, and therefore may not be very beneficial for you and mm. consume it. But generally majority of like 99% of the time when you're cooking food and preparing food, it is not a processed food it's not becoming processed processed mm. foods um are completely different processed foods are things that are taking which were original in well as i say original ingredients or foods but things that also aren't even probably considered food or questionable mm. food and creating something that can be packaged and kept for a long time which mm. usually means that it's laden with either lots of lots and lots of sugar it may be a lot of salt and you know, Carissa and I love salt, but the salt in processed food is like <laughs> nothing compared to the amount of salt what that we, we just consume. add to our food yeah. daily. So lots of salt, lots of additives and preservatives. And then of course these oils as well that will go into there. So you just, it's incomparable. We're talking about yeah. comparing um, two different things. And I, I'm wondering if this question has come from a raw food diet point of view. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, sorry, the dog's next door keep barking hard. It's not coming through too loud. <laughs> Little gremlins. All good. Um, um, yeah, I just do wonder if that's coming from that whole raw food, um, you know, because I have heard that um, sort of debate or argument thrown around from like sort of the raw food community where like you just basically shouldn't cook anything, eat all your fruits, vegetables, everything. Yeah, yeah. But I, I just, or don't cook anything, sorry, above what is it, like 52 degrees or something like that. Like I... I understand and I, I, I get the concept, but it's not applicable to everyone. And mm -mm. I just personally, I just think, so you know, gross. yeah, <laughs> I just, I'm, I'm trying actually... to be nice about this and you're like, so gross. <laughs> I actually was just thinking of that episode of Sex in the City where Samantha first meets um, Smith oh. and she's going to the, it's like a vegan raw restaurant. Oh, it's like but, this new yeah. hot restaurant. And like she's going there just trying to win him over and there's all these other women that are sitting there and they're ordering this disgusting slop and pretending to love it. And it's just like these really wrong <laughs> meals. Well, I know like I had um, and they honestly weren't too bad, but it freaked me out a bit. I had um, I went to a raw cafe once and honestly, the food was the food was beautiful. Mm. It was all fresh. It was this beautiful like um, it was a it was like a kind of like a rice cake that obviously soaked the rice blitzed it bound it just like i don't know it was almost like a rice potato cake with this beautiful raw slaw stuff on top of it and then the raw cooked eggs but they cooked the eggs to no higher than 52 degrees so it's almost like they're so softly poached ah. it was really, so it wasn't it was really... vegan it wasn't actually vegan it was just no. like no ah, yeah which was which it was really interesting because I'd never had eggs cooked like that before. And at yeah. first I was like, oh, I don't know how this is going to go for me. But when it came out, like like I did what I probably would like my eggs cooked a bit more, but obviously within their raw like parameters and sticking yeah, within yeah. that. Like, yeah, so you can still have eggs and stuff. I thought this was cool. Could I do that every single day? No. But, um, you know, like, but yeah, so I was like, okay, this is kind of interesting. I get it. But still, like, you know, there's so much that can be said from, you know, starch and for like our starches and our grains and cooking them and potato and rice and cooked and cooled. Like, you've got to cook that stuff above 52 degrees, I assume, unless you're cooking it, slow cooking it for 
hours and days. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, you use a lot of dehydrators but, as well with that yeah. cooking. But then if we're cooking it, it's processing it. If this is that's why I'm kind of confused about the question yeah, yeah. anyway. <laughs> no, I think we've an, I think we've I think answered, we've answered that. it. I, yeah. yeah. Well, that that is our questions. Um, before we finish up, I haven't even thought about it, but um, we've been ending the show with some recommendations of late. Um, so I don't know if anything comes to mind on your end. Oh, I do have oh, something actually. Like yeah. I do have something actually. Um, and I think we talked about this when you were up, but the um, the naked spirits and naked cocktails, drink pre-drink mixes that ah. drink mixes that you can get in Coles and Woolies. How we're all kind of so yeah. I was I was already onto these, and then the company contacted me through FedFast and sent me out a couple. And I meant to do I I you know meant to do a bit of a story or something, and I did do a story, and then I forgot to tag them. So sorry, guys, I will do something eventually. But I've I've been talking to my clients about these for quite a while anyway, but. The, yeah, I just feel like they they are the nicest non-alcoholic mixes on the market at the moment because I feel like some of the other ones oh, I've good. tried like Nexpa and all of them, like just I can't deal with the stevia or the whatever, yeah. the sweet, this crow, I swear I to God. <laughs> <laughs> like days like this, you wish you just had your gel blaster <laughs> set up and ready to go. Um, anyway, oh, crap. Bloody hell, this is Queensland, folks. Have you got crows <laughs> down there? Do you get crows in Melbourne? Yeah, crows? but not, yeah. A, not, a, not the like same Queensland. intensity. Oh, God. Anyway, they sit in this African tulip tree we've got up there and they just go gangbusters. Um, anyway, um, yeah, so I like the Negroni Spritz one. Yeah, There's, I love that one. Yeah, I was wondering how you would feel about that one because I'm like, you're such a Negroni person. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I wonder if Jess would like this or not. Um, and then there's a green one, which I really like as well. I do what I did say to some of my clients, cause sometimes like just with some of the sweeteners for me, I just need to put add a bit more soda water and then add some citrus, like just yeah. to like, just kind of take the edge off that artificial sweetener taste. But I tell you what, the ones that surprised me were not the ones I would have bought for myself, yeah. but, um, were the spirit imitation ones. Mm-hmm, so there's same. one that is like yeah, imitation of a bourbon and cola one. That's like, a, like a CC and dry. Oh my god! So yeah, good. See, that rum, that rum and dry. It's like Canadian it's got rye citrus, or something. Citrus in it. I wish I could yeah. remember the name of that one, but that one blew my mind the first yeah. sip I had of that. The first time I was like, "Whoa, what? that was really good." Yeah. yeah. So I think you, Jess, will tag these guys when we when we put it up, just so you guys know who they are. But I hundred percent like if you're looking for something that's non-alcoholic like if you're trying to not drink monday to friday you're trying to not drink at all you're looking for something to take to a barbecue so you still feel like you're having something different mm. but you don't want to have a beverage like an alcoholic beverage yeah. these are yeah like these are really good i've taken them to a few barbecues and even given them to other people around the table to try like and people i hang out with love a drink and yeah. everyone <laughs> and everyone has been like what and i'm like oh no so yeah anyway that's my that's my my um shameless plug <laughs> yeah no they're really good they're, they've been blowing my mind we've got like yeah. a bit of a stash in the fridge yeah same the same 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 the whole top shelf actually in my fridge like in some yeah so very cool <laughs> um i'm trying to think whether i i feel like i might have recommended this before my memory's so bad but it's on my mind because i just had it again this morning i was just like this is so amazing so i feel like i've talked definitely about the vegan dairy products before mm, and how yes. much I love them but they do a truff they call it a tr- cultured truffle butter 
Have I talked about that? I don't know if you've talked <laughs> so about remember. it on the podcast, but I know, I know you've talked about it. Yeah. Oh, my God. I just like... But it's so hard to remember because we talk in so many platforms. <laughs> I know. So and sometimes this... in person. I know. This cultured – so it's like they're vegan butter, but it's got a bit of truffle through it. So it's it's – if you like the flavor of truffle, you have to try this. So how I am just like adoring it is when you put it on your toast and then you have scrambled eggs. Like there's nothing better than eggs and the truffle, truffle flavor together. Yeah, my God. Oh my God. It is so, so delicious. So I've been having like that with the eggs. And then there's another brand called, oh, I want to say Domana. Is it Domano? They're another alternative um cheese essentially and they do like it's called a baked almond feta that comes in a jar and it's like these big chunks of like this well you know feta (gasps) trying to be feta and it is divine oh and do they have like um like a basil and sun-dried tomato flavor like different flavors Uh, of it or is it different that i've seen okay because no. I got this vegan feta the other day and it was just a very, very tiki brand, same sort of thing. And it was like, it was literally, sorry, and it was made, I think it was cashew, but it was chunks like feta, but it had um, sun-dried tomato and basil through the cheese in the, Ooh, oh, oh my gosh, nice. freaking amazing. I yeah. can't think of the brand though. Sorry, brand. <laughs> sorry, yeah, small this, company. <laughs> man, yeah, this stuff is blowing my mind. And they actually they do other things and some of the others are, aren't that great to be honest but this stuff is next level so if you do like the vegan truffle butter and then like i go nut my green of choice usually in the morning is parsley because i'm obsessed with it so i'll just put heaps of parsley scrambled eggs and then i put crumbled um almond feta on top oh my god oh my god it's so good oh my god that sounds so i have to say like i just feel like i'm missing some breakfast and stuff, just some meals like that. Like I've been so basic bitch with my eating, especially since we stopped the reset plan too, just because I'm living between yep. like the two places. Like I just, I can't just, I can't spend the money on something like something like that that might go off if I'm not coming yeah, yeah. back. And then the transportation sometimes of taking it with me. Oh, it's just, yeah, I'm just yep. missing that like, um, you know, what is it? Like where you're just in one place all the time. So you have yeah. your food, your set of condiments. Like, <laughs> <laughs> <That's it. laughs> I'm struggling, man. <laughs> Oh, so good. That sounds amazing. Uh, That's my record. It's a bit opulent, but, you know, food is amazing. So go for it. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that that is it for us for today. I feel like I could recommend TV shows forever, but I'm not going to go down that Um, road. I sat up on your recommendation, so it's your fault that I'm not sleeping well at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I love how I just blame you. Oh my god, euphoria. What oh an actual my god. Fuck. I told you. I cannot stop. Like it oh. is just I watched the episode for anyone who hasn't seen it or has seen it but I just won't give away too much but I watched the episode last night where the um the guy who is her sponsor yep. is Christmas Eve and he sits in the cafe with her and just gives her oh. like this he needs a fucking Oscar, that guy. Like, <laughs> I right. seriously was nearly crying. Like, I had goosebumps watching that. Oh I'm my like, God. holy fuck. <laughs> yeah. It is, it's art. That's, that it is. is just in every way, right? Like, that show. Yeah. From the acting to the cinematography to oh. it, 
everything. Like it's just beautiful. It is. I think just... I was saying to you, it reminds me not that like it reminds me as far as how it just ticks all the boxes of The Handmaid's Tale. Like how oh. everything about that was amazing. I feel Euphoria is the same way. Oh my god! Like I just I can't like I just I just want to recommend it to everyone. But I also know like. <laughs> There's some people in my life that I know it'll be really triggering for as well, yeah, and, but right. I want them to watch it. But I'm just like, fuck, if I even recommend this to you, like, is yeah, it going to yeah. be a good thing or a bad thing or too confrontational? Like, yeah. like, it's just, yeah, like it's, I just, I, yeah, I, it's fucking so well done. Yeah, it's just amazing. <sighs> I meant Did to keep you see texting the, um, you telling you about it. The first part of June's been released. We watched that and the main actress out of euphoria is in june and it's so weird like seeing her ah. in that she's just like this beautiful woman in the desert <laughs> with her like bright blue eyes. have you seen june the original no june? no oh, i don't know what you're talking about you don't no oh, this is our age difference showing <laughs> oh gosh yeah okay. okay you have to watch the original june it's like okay. it's this epic like three and a half hour or maybe longer movie that was released all oh, this is i'm gonna get this wrong i want to say it was released in the 80s Okay. Could have and been June as early as like the 70s. J, J-U-N no, or D U N E. It had okay. Sting in it. Um, oh, Sting, okay. He was in it. Is he um, still alive? I don't know. Yeah, I, I feel like he just know. dropped off the radar there. Anyway, yeah, yeah, it's know. not important. But it's really, really important it's if he's like alive. this. <laughs> <laughs> so not important in the context of what we're talking about. Sorry, Sting. Like... It is important. I hope you're alive, dude. <laughs> Man, it is epic. I actually posted something on my stories in the last week because I've been picking all these figs. And when the figs burst open at the bottom and they open up, I was posted and I, someone got it when I put up. I'm like, oh, my God, it looks like the worms out of June. So there's these like epic. Is it a you, horror you wait, film? No, it's like oh. an epic. Well, no, it's like an epic kind of sci-fi thing oh, like star okay. wars in a way but like not oh, star wars i like actually just... now that you say that i do actually i va- i kind of remember this is so weird the video cover of it i haven't yeah. seen it i haven't seen it like but when we had like yeah. vhs i feel like my dad might have had it i can picture yeah. kind he, of the he would. Of it. He so would yeah. yeah okay interesting yeah i never yeah. have seen it though yeah it's so good well they've just they're redoing it and they've just dropped part one which is still like two and a half or three hours long and the, the chick out of euphoria um is is in that so God, she's it's kind of beautiful isn't she she's oh just crazy yeah she is just, just like just gorgeous so yeah. is um so is the oh, who's the other girl in it? now we start talking about something else um her girlfriend in it what's her oh, name oh yeah i oh, can't remember anyway She's, yep. they're just, she's beautiful as well. Bloody yep. hell. Just yep. her style and everything. Like just, I know, yeah. Oh, anyway, you guys need to watch it. Just make sure. <laughs> girl, girl crush over these ladies for ages. <laughs> oh, dear. All right, we better wrap this up. We better wrap this up. Cool. Okay. All right, thanks for tuning in, team. Thanks, guys. We'll chat to you next time. Chat to you next time. Bye. Bye.